Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. Dan Modlin has been around the business for a long time. He released an album called The Train Don't Stop Here with fellow songwriter Dave Scott. He was also a longtime news director in Kentucky for about 23 years, but retired to pursue a music career full-time. One of his favorite places to perform is the famous Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, Tennessee. Dan enjoyed songwriting and gained a reputation for being really good at it. But nothing could have prepared him for a unique request to write a song about organ donation. Hi, you're listening to episode 119 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. Dan had just finished performing when a couple approached him to request that he write a song about organ donation. Dan, thanks for sharing this story. It's so unique. First, before we get into the song, can you tell me more about your musical background? Sure, Colleen, and thank you for the opportunity. I have a pretty bizarre background, actually. I'm one of the the few songwriters who can honestly say I've had better success overseas than I have in the United States. And a lot of it came from that early recording project you referred to with Dave Scott. Back in 1976, we recorded an album called The Train Don't Stop Here Anymore. And it did okay. It it got airplay on maybe 20 or 30 radio stations in the Midwest and did okay, but certainly didn't set the, the commercial market on fire in any way. And then in about the mid-90s, I started getting phone calls from Switzerland from people wanting to buy copies of it. It was becoming a collector's item, and it is to this day. If you go look on eBay, for example, and look for a copy of that album that Dave Scott and I recorded, people are bidding five and six hundred dollars for a copy of that original album oh my goodness um, <laughs> and then it was re-released in south korea and japan we had a, a legitimate record deal in south korea and japan in about 2014 i believe it was and it's also been bootlegged in europe there are some people who just put it out without any authorization in europe And so there are copies of it floating around, but the original copies are quite valuable to collectors. And that kind of, to be honest with you, that kind of gave me a little more confidence in in making the career move to to head back to the music because uh, Dave Scott and I, we talked about it and it took a long time for our our songs to catch on, but uh, we must have been doing something right because people are willing to pay quite a bit for what we've done in the past. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. It's funny, things hit differently in other countries. Right. So, yeah, so that's really interesting. Maybe you, you and um, Dave Scott should get together again for a second album. <laughs> actually, we did. We've got one called One More Chance to Play. And we actually, we're going to be playing uh, some gigs in uh, Kentucky and in Nashville. We're going to be playing a gig, of all things, at Reba McIntyre's Ranch. 
in April. So um, that's kind of an exciting thing. Oh, that's really exciting. Well, good for you. That's awesome. I want to bring it back since we have such a short time together to your song, Sarah Gets a Second Chance. Um, Mm -hmm. You were performing and this couple approached you. You had to think it was a strange request. What were your thoughts when you first heard this idea? I think probably the best way to describe it was I was surprised. I wasn't shocked. It was actually, it was a couple that had attended several songwriting shows that I had hosted in Bowling Green at Lost River Cave. And when they came up and talked to me about, about this idea, they knew that I had already written some songs on some other fairly tough subjects. I've, I've also written a song about Alzheimer's that was used for uh, a banquet for Alzheimer's organizations in Indiana. Dave and I both have written a lot of, of songs that are kind of historic based. And uh, we, we've written about some fairly gritty subjects. So I, I think it wasn't totally off the wall when they asked me about it because I've dabbled with some different ideas for songs. But that certainly is not a subject that you would expect someone to come up and say, hey, have you ever tried to write about this? But, when, you know, they explained the situation with her grandson, Davy Albright, who had been killed in a tragic accident in Louisville, Kentucky. And they, they talked about how an estimated 90 people benefited from the donation from his life. And I didn't, I didn't say no. Honestly, a lot of people come up to you at songwriter shows and have ideas for songs. And they're not always great ideas. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Um, but you try to be polite and say, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. You know, and I, I'm, one thing I do, I keep a file of, of ideas. I've got a file folder just full of ideas. If I have a day where I have nothing to motivate me to write, I can go back to the file and see if there's something there that, kind of gets the wheels turning. But I didn't say no when they asked me, and I'm glad I didn't because once I started working on it, I knew it was tough going into it. It's a very difficult subject to write about and to to really get into the the workings of the song. It didn't take me very many days to realize that was a song that needed to be written. And so that was the motivation. A lot of times with songs, you, you'll start on them and maybe get halfway through and it's just kind of not going anyplace and you set it aside and it ends up in the bottom of the guitar case, you know. Yeah. Uh, but with, with Sarah, I mean, I, I knew once, once I started working on it, this was something that needed to be done. And so I never had any trouble motivating myself to get up to the writing room and work on it. Wow. Just in general, before you began writing, Sarah gets a second chance. What were your personal feelings about organized tissue donation? Or, or, and did you even think about it? Well, I had in the past, to be honest with you, I, as many of us do, I think I had kind of maybe not given as, as much thought as I probably should have in more recent years. I had, as, I, as you mentioned earlier, I was a news director for an NPR affiliate for many years, and I had had the chance, the opportunity to interview some people uh, on the organ donation issue. And more directly connecting to me, I had a, uh, a friend who died waiting on the list for a lung transplant. So that obviously was a motivating factor. 
And and I might I probably should point out, Colleen, that the the song itself, um, Sarah gets a second chance, is is like a composite of of people that I've met. It's not one person, it's not one family, but it's if people ask me if it's a true story, I say it's a true story. It's just the names and and uh, genders have been changed to you know protect people's privacy. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that experience of seeing the difficulty of uh, my friend's family waiting for a transplant that never came uh, certainly uh, played on my mind when I was working on this song. One of our biggest motivators that there's just slightly over 100,000 people in the U.S. waiting and still 20 people die every day because an organ isn't available in time. And, you know, there's reasons why there's this big disparity, but that keeps us working hard to promote organ and tissue donation. And obviously your song is going to help us do that. You had written the song and what was it like the first time you played out? You played it in public. Yeah, the first time I played it out was at uh, Lost River Cave in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And the Nepplers, the people who had approached me about the idea, were sitting in about the third row as I recall. And I was, I was a little nervous playing and I, I play out a lot and I don't usually feel too many butterflies anymore. I mean, there's some, you need to have a few any, anytime you play, but I wasn't really nervous about performing the song. What concerned me was whether I could get through it and not break down in the, in the middle of playing it in front of them. As I was playing it, there were other people in the audience that, were obviously moved by the song and, and uh, you know, some were crying. And so I kind of went into a, a, a mode when I'm playing this song live, and I've done this since every place I've played it. I try to look just over the heads of the people in the audience. It makes it a little easier for me to get through it. It's, it's a tough song to play when you see people reacting emotionally to it. And also, the, if I can get into the craft pack of the song a little bit, the way I structured it, I had learned some things from some other writers in Nashville and in terms of how to change the mood a little bit between the verse and the chorus. And the verses tend to be very descriptive. Um, they're, they're about the family. They're about being in the hospital room of the family, the little girl waiting. And then the choruses tend to go to more of a major chord, uh, go back to what we call the one chord. And it's a little more uplifting, and the lyrics there are a little more uplifting, where we start to talk about um, maybe the time for tears is over. And that, in its own way, that kind of helps me get through it when I play it live, because I know there's a, a, a positive break coming in the song. Mm. Uh, if, it, if, it, if I hadn't put that in there, I'm not sure I could get through it, play wow. it live. Wow. And what was the audience's response? Very positive. I was, uh, I really didn't know, you know, when I played it the first time, you don't know how people are going to react to songs. That's, that's one reason we play what we call songwriter rounds and go out and try the songs out on real people, you know, and see how they're going to react to them. But the, the overwhelming response was, you know, it was very positive. The, the crowd was very supportive of it. And, um, and it has been virtually every time I've played it, any play is. I think people realize when they hear it that it's 
it's an important subject and that it's being presented hopefully in a, uh, a sensitive way. Which is important you know? and a respectful yeah. way, right? It's certainly meant to be that way. Yeah. 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 I'm sure our listeners would love to hear a little bit of Sarah Gets a Second Chance. You want to play some for us? Sure. I'll be glad to go in here. Sarah dresses like a princess Almost every Halloween this year the gown that she'll be wearing hospital green. Another phrase they'll find a donut. It feels like an awkward thing to Sarah's lungs get a little weaker with every passing day. Maybe the time for tears is over. Maybe a miracle day. Maybe if we fight, the day might be the day. Oh, my God. I love it. Love it. Thank you, Colin. Oh, my goodness. It is so difficult to write about that. You know, everybody goes through a lot, uh, certainly. But, you know, waiting for an organ transplant, there's nothing like that dichotomy of hoping to live and you know that somebody else's life is over. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really difficult thing. But you did a wonderful, wonderful job at displaying the whole the whole thing that was great dan thank you colleen i I appreciate especially with your perspective i appreciate it means a lot it really does it means a lot of to those of us who have gone through that experience absolutely and we chatted last week we had the um, big boost to the organ donation world when um Bonnie Ray took home Song of the Year Grammy for her song about organ donation. Hers is much different. It's more from the donor's family side, but oh my goodness, it just it's so appreciated when we're making this an everyday thing that it, people shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. They should be aware of it. And to have two fabulous songs like this about donation, wow, really grateful, really grateful. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate your interest, uh, Colleen, because honestly, it's from my perspective, this song is, is really just about hoping to do some good. If we can get just a few thousand people to think about organ donation who wouldn't have otherwise, then it's certainly well worth the effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we do every day. That's what we do every day. Right. One thing I might, I might just throw in because I think it's, it's unique. It seems unique to me with this calling is 
after I play this song live, almost every time I have people come up and talk to me after the show about their own experience with organ donation. And there is something um, about the song, uh, or maybe just just the, the fact that there's this line of communication that's open where people want to share their stories. And that's really been, been unique to me. I've had people from New York come up and talk to me about how they had a relative who had a heart transplant. I've had a gentleman from Tampa who was waiting on a kidney transplant who came up after a show at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. He came up and talked to me. Um, and he said, you, you were writing my life. Oh, wow. And uh, it, it's, Again, I, I'm not sure what it is, but it's, I think maybe there's uh, just a need for people to have a way to share their stories. And this, for whatever reason, this three-minute, three 45-second three song seems to unlock that and maybe any inhibition about talking about it. That I, I, have, a, I have people come up and, and they feel a need to tell me um, about their own experience. I, I agree with that. I think people don't talk about organ donation, like day-to-day conversation doesn't come up. People don't often think about it, maybe when they renew their license, but when it's affected your life so drastically, either by your loved one being an organ, eye, and tissue donor, or you yourself being a recipient, it's something you carry with you forever. And when somebody mm-hmm. outside in the public acknowledges that, you feel like this automatic connection, like, wow, you understand, you get a little piece of what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, again, it's just not an everyday occurrence. And I think these songs help people break down those walls of, you know, I can't talk about this with other people. I think that's one of the services that um, you are out there doing is, is allowing people to have that conversation. Um, out loud with somebody that they may not know. So it's a great thing. Um, one favor I would ask, since you're a traveling man, you may want to start asking people to be to make their donation decision because you're national. Maybe they could just go to organdonor.gov and yeah. sign up. You know, it's um, easy to do. Yeah. However that fits in for your life, Dan. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it just, it, your song is is educating and while people are feeling that emotion it's a great time to have them think a little bit more about their own decisions so um i think that's a great idea that's a great idea colleen i actually i'm um open to uh organ donation groups putting the song on their facebook pages um i understand they're going to do that in new jersey uh, next month and just sharing the song and um again helping to get more people to hear who, who aren't in the organ donation sphere, if you will, or, or maybe aren't, aren't as aware uh, about the importance of being an organ donor. I, I hope, you know, we can get it on a lot of different Facebook pages and just keep sharing the idea through that. And, and certainly I'm, I'm more than happy to work with uh, organ donation groups. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that. And that's how it's going to happen, is partnering with great people like you. Um, I, I appreciate all you're doing, and I appreciate the, the purity 
authenticity of your of your song. I can feel it came from your heart and I appreciate your talent and your skill and obviously your time today. So thank you so much, Dan. Well, thank you so much, Colleen. Um, it's an honor to be on your podcast and I, I appreciate your time. We hope you found today's episode informative and inspirational. You know, you can save lives simply by going to lifebanc.org and registering your donation decision. You can catch Let's Talk About Life on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, but you can always find it at lifebank.org. We thank you for listening and we hope you come back next time and come on. Let's Talk About Life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is dependent on it.